Amen. Hopefully we will finish Paul's request or the prayers of Paul tonight out of Philippians chapter 1. We'll do the fourth point of that tonight. I have a... Uh, I told Mike Viscom I have a particular joke that's just for him. Where is he? <laughs> you heard about the joke. It definitely it just fits. I just want you to know that. Okay. An atheist was spending a quiet day fishing. This is not Mike's joke. A quiet day fishing when suddenly his boat was attacked by the Loch Ness Monster. In one easy flip, the beast tossed him and his boat high into the air, and then it opened its mouth to swallow both. As the man sailed head over heels, he cried, Oh my God, help me! Oh my God, help me! At once, the ferocious attack seemed frozen place, and as the atheist hung in midair, a booming voice came down from the clouds, I thought you didn't believe in me. And he said, come on, God, give me a break, the man pleaded. Two minutes ago, I didn't believe in the Loch Ness Monster either. <laughs> All righty. A young woman brought her fiancé home to meet her parents. After dinner, her father asked a young man into his study for a man-on-man -man chat. So what are your plans, the father said. I'm a theology scholar, the young man replied. Admirable, the father said, but what will you do to provide a nice home for my daughter? I will study and God will provide, the young man explained. How will you afford to raise children, the father asked. God will provide, said the young man. The men left the study and the mother asked her husband, how did it go, honey? And he says, very well, I like him. He has no money or employment plans, but on the other hand, he thinks I'm God. <laughs> All right. And because Mike Viscom is not in, we will save that one for him. It has something to do with old men and their memories. I won't go there. So my wife will say it was uh, moi. Okay. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus, day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense of the confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I longed after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. In this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in judgment and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, and that ye may be sincere without offense till the day of Christ being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. And the first message we preached was that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and all judgment. Second one is that you may approve things that are excellent. 
The third one was that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. And tonight, it's ye being filled with the fruits of righteousness. The world judges everything from the outside. God judges everything from the inside. For when it came time to choose a king for Israel, he says, For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, or God seeth not as man seeth, for the Lord look, man looketh on the outward appearance, but what? The Lord looketh upon the heart. And so I want you to understand, to be filled with the fruits of righteousness. If we were to go to the book of James, and it says, you know, that's when somebody wants to say, well, they're probably not saved, or this or that, they'll go because it, it says... Faith without works is dead. So they're trying to say you got a faith plus works. No, if you read that passage, it says, Ye see, faith without works are dead. It's talking about what a person sees. We have to see the outward act, actions. Okay? I can't, I, one of my favorite passages that helps me is, My little children, let us not love in what? In word. In what? But in deed and in truth, and so shall we sure our hearts before him. But if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Okay, he knows if someone's saved or not, even if they've pulled away and they're not living that way. We don't necessarily have a right to say they're not saved. Because my Bible tells me, let uh, so every man so examine himself. Okay, but it says ye, ye being filled with the fruits of righteousness, because there's a big difference between knowing the fruits of righteousness and producing the fruits of righteousness in your life. And it starts with a spiritual because it says being filled. Right. Ye being filled with the fruits of righteousness, a filling like you're. We're an empty vessel, and God has to pour his spirit in so that the right fruit comes out. Okay, so I want you to, you know, it's very, you know where I'm going to go, one of the passages right off the bat, Galatians chapter 5. We're going to start with the, the fruits of the spirit because they are the fruits of the, the spirit, okay? But the fruit of the spirit, verse 22 of Galatians 5, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no what? Law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh, the outward side of it, see, with the affections and the lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. Okay, looking at the inside. Now I want you to turn to Ephesians Chapter 3, I'm going to read some verses and I want you to see, try to bring them together in your mind, okay? Ephesians chapter 3, starting at verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by what? For when I am weak, that I am strong. By his spirit in the inner man. See, it's inside out. 
that Christ may dwell where? In your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the what? Fullness of God. Do you see how that might relate to the fruits of righteousness? Go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in what? Okay, now I want to ask you, we read Galatians chapter 5, right? We looked at that. And the fruit of the Spirit is what? The very first one listed is? I want you to understand, they are not, it says fruit. You really don't have one without the other. And so many times people think, well, oh, I can have this, and I can have temperance, and I have this or that. But it has to start with love. Isn't that what your salvation started with? For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. But God commendeth his love towards you towards us, then while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I do not frustrate the grace of God. I do not expect the same from lost people as I do from saved people. And neither does your heavenly Father. Don't compare yourself to lost people. Okay? It says there, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, walk in, walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, Ephesians 5, verse 2, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savory. Do you know that you see that, that love is tied to giving and love is tied to sacrifice? Love that is expecting is not godly love. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, and to be an idolater is you putting something ahead of who? You can't love God and mammon. I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Okay? Nor covetous, let it not be once named among you as become a saints, nor neither fool, filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather a giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. There are believers today who fit right in there. You can't lose your salvation, but what you can lose is what? Your inheritance. If you don't understand that, look it up. Study it out. Pastor Kenny has a lot to do right now, so I'm not going to tell you to ask him, okay? 
Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Now look at verse 9. For the fruit of the Spirit, in the context of what we've been reading, the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. We have a verse in the Scriptures in 1 Thessalonians says what? Prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. Okay? So I want you to see, you need to think about this. All right, now, how does this work? You know, how can you do this? Go to Romans chapter 6. Romans 6. Verse 1, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? That's presuming upon the grace of God, isn't it? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? If you are saved, the Bible says, as far as God is concerned, you are dead to sin. God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that as many of us that were baptized into Christ, that's not water baptism, were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, and don't read water every time you see the word. That was probably maybe explained some during the baptismal service. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should what? Walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. That is, knowing this, talking about how God sees you, your old man is crucified with Christ. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in he liveth, he liveth unto God. And then for you to understand this, he says, likewise, reckon ye also yourselves, right? Understand this about yourselves. Realize this. Apply it to your life. To reckon something Dead reckoning is to know the direction you should travel. And when it says, Reckon ye yourselves likewise dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ your Lord. The, how does that work? The Apostle Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Okay? The Apostle Paul said, I die daily. That's something you choose to do every day when you wake up alive. Okay? You have to, you don't understand what that means? Ask Pastor Kenny after the service. Okay? 
Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that it should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness. See, now we've gone from reckoning inside as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, to now what you do with your body. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of what? Righteousness unto God. We're talking about being filled with the fruits of righteousness. This is fruit bearing. Okay, in Romans chapter 6 and verse 12, it talks to you about being dead to sin. In Romans chapter 7 and verse 4, it tells you to be dead, you're dead to the law. You know when Christians get in trouble? When they think that they're going to be judged by do's and don'ts. And not by serving in love. Because when, you, when your, whole, your whole Christian walk is based off, well, I don't do this, and they do, then I'm spiritual, they're not. And I do do this, God. I tithe of all that I have. I pray three times daily. Okay? All of a sudden, you know what happens? It goes from being the fruits of righteousness to the works of the flesh. You need to understand that. God is not the author of confusion, and he doesn't ask something of you that you cannot do in his power. Still with me? Don't hate me yet, do you? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at verse 42. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 42, So also is the resurrection of the dead. You hath he quickened who were what? Dead in trespasses and sins. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. That's where lost people live. Okay? It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam, that's who? Jesus Christ, was made a life-giving spirit. A quickening spirit means to make alive. Quickening, okay? Howbeit that which was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as if we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of what? The heavenly. That's what it means. Christ in me. Christ in me. What does the world see? What do the lost see? What does my saved loved one see? They can't see that spiritual relationship. I've had people, I ask them, are you saved? They go, you ought to know, you led me to the Lord. 
And I said, okay. But I'm told, by their fruits you shall know them. I can't judge your heart. There's one who knows the heart. That's not me. Okay. Pastor Christian used to say, we don't go around looking at people's works, but we are supposed to be fruit inspectors. Okay. Now, what happens when there's bad fruit? What do you do with it? You separate it from the... That's a spiritual principle you're taught to do in the Word of God. Come ye out and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. But that's a different message. Okay? Now, what is the key to fruit bearing? It has to start inwardly. How many of you remember how many times Brother <laughs> Tony Saxton would come here and he would try to bring out, and he always ended up coming back to Divine in the Branches, John chapter 15. He'd start someplace and he'd get just so far and then he'd come back to John chapter 15. So what I'm going to tell you to turn to is John 15. Jesus is speaking here and he says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. They're in who? They're in Christ. They bear no fruit. I have stood before people and trying to help them turn around and by mercy and truth make a difference in their life. And I said, I don't want to be right, but if God's going to get more glory out of your death than he will out of your life, I don't, I'm not telling every time someone dies young, that's what it is. All I know is, it says here, he what? Taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he what? Purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Remember that verse when I get to Hebrews chapter 12. Okay? He's purging the fruit. My wife and I, we planted apple trees. We wanted them to grow. We wanted them to get the roots in deep. So when the first year and the blossoms came out, you know what we did? We went and we were told, if you want them to have deeper roots to survive better, pinch off the blossoms because they're not ready. It'd be too early. They may produce fruit, but it'll be too small and it weakens the tree. Makes it more accept, you know, susceptible to different blight. See, so we pinched off all the, the blossoms because we wanted its root system to get stronger. So when it does produce fruit, it won't weaken the tree. I am the true vine, my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word that I have spoken unto you. That's why this book is so important. Abide in me and I in you. To abide means to have what? To come alongside closely. It says abide in me and I in you. The branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. The vine produces the life-giving flow. Amen? 
Abide in me and I in you. The branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Maybe, does that kind of where something it talks about and they brought forth some 30-fold and some 60-fold and some 100-fold? Just thinking, maybe you ought to tie some verses together, Scripture with Scripture, to understand what God is saying. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do what? Why do we spend so much time trying to do stuff in our own strength? If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gathered them and cast them into the fire to be burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified. How? That ye bear what? So shall ye be my disciples. You want to bear fruit that people can see? Get close to your Savior. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. If you are not reading your Bible, you are not close to your Savior. If you are not praying, and then listening, taking time, you know, sometimes praying, is not just bringing your request to be known before God, it's shutting up, sitting down, or kneeling down, and waiting to hear from the Lord. You say, well, I've never heard from God. You ever pray about something and then have a word of uh, a passage of Scripture come to mind? That's God speaking to you. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? With my whole heart I have sought thee. Let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Okay, you get in the picture? You have to abide in Him, or the fruit, it's going to be at the judgment seat of Christ, wood, hay, or stubble, gold, silver, precious what? Stone. Starts inward, and eventually manifests itself outward. Being offended in bitterness is like dandelions. You can't see them when they start. They have a root and it has to grow up until it comes above the ground and then you know where they are. And you think you can get rid of a dandelion by cutting it off? No, you have to poison it or dig it out by its root. You have to do something that gets to the root and kills it. Okay? Because you can't see that from the outside. You see the fruit of it. Well, you know what? People can't know your heart. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Okay? There's nine fruit. You may think you have it. If you think you have it and you think you're spiritual, I'm telling you right now, you're probably not spiritual. I, don't, I can't tell you how many times I'll start my day and I say, Oh, Lord, please forgive me. Woe is me, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a wife with unclean lips. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Or Hebrews chapter 12, excuse me. We'll finish up, I promise. I want you to know, if you get too sick and your wife gets tired of it, have her talk to my wife, Judy. My son, Michael, gave her the plan to poison what I was sick with, and it worked. 54,000 milligrams of vitamin C taken in 3,000 milligram doses every 15 minutes until your body says, enough's enough. <laughs> but it knocked it out, okay? Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who are we supposed to be looking to? Not around at everybody else. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. And then you let them steal your peace. Right, Pastor Kenny? Just giving away your peace. Get wearied in your minds. See, I listen too. And ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children. My son, despise thou not the chastening, or despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he. You know that you can you know, maybe take that chasteneth and scourgeth and kind of put in the word purgeth. You know, a good parent will chasten their child before they do wrong. Sometimes you got it coming, but I haven't done anything wrong yet, but you will today. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, then God dealeth with you as with. So it comes into the life of who? Every believer. God's chastening. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. And children who are not chastened do not believe their parents love them when they get to be in their 20s. If you loved me, you would have stopped me. Instead of worrying about if they loved you, you need to love them because it's an action. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them reverence. And shall not we much rather be in subjection to the father of spirits and lives? So you mean chastening is to help you to bring you into what? Subjection to the father of spirits. Starts on the inside. For verily, for a few days, for they verily, for a few days, chastened us after their own pleasure, but we for our profit, it's beneficial, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous, nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the what? Peaceable fruit of, unto them which are 
exercised thereby, that ye be filled, ye being filled with the fruits of righteousness. Sometime God is chastening you because right now, because I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your a living sacrifice. The world can see the sacrifice. God already knows the heart. You present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be ye not conformed unto this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, through God's word, by the renewing of your mind, that you might know what is that good. And then God's going to chasten you till it gets to be acceptable. And then God chastens you some more so it becomes what? Perfect, complete. That good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Get the picture? You see what it's saying? Nevertheless, afterward, after the disciplines there, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. You know what? Little kids and then teenagers will say, you don't love me, you wouldn't let me do this. Or you spank me. Like, no, you, you give me a time out. i got to use the right terms for today. Okay? You're chasing me. If you love me, that wouldn't happen. No, I love you. So I'm gonna. For whom the Lord loveth, he... Because it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness. One last passage, and I'll let you go, I promise. Okay, it's been a little while. James chapter 3. If you don't like this, Pastor Keeney and I talked about that, and that's when I added these last two passages. <laughs> it's so much fun, no matter what I can do, I can always blame it on the boss. <laughs> James chapter 3, verse 13. James chapter 3. Verse 13, who is a wise man endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation, a good manner of life, his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strives in your strifes in your heart, or strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. Don't try to say that's from God. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual. What's that last term? There's things that come from a spirit that have nothing to do with the spirit of God. And the world thinks that's spiritual, and it is. It's a devilish spirit. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work, kind of like American government. Let's bring division. But the wisdom that is from above is first what? Then what? Peaceable. Then gentle. Easy to be entreated. Full of mercy. And good fruits. Without partiality, without hypocrisy. That's almost, if you count those, it's not quite the same, but it's almost like you were looking at someone also make a comparison somewhat to the fruit of the Spirit. Gee, I wonder why. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. 
And all God's children said, good night and God bless you.